2: We are live here at Petco Park, our post-game show here on the Padres Radio Network from inside the Western Metal Building here in downtown San Diego. Padres fall 9 to 7 to the Philadelphia Phillies in the opener of this 3-game series. Sam Levitt with you here inside the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. Padres denied a fourth consecutive win. And in a game where the Padres trailed 8-1 to one early, they battled, they did show resilience, they got it to a two-run game in the seventh inning. But, as has so often been the case this season, the one big hit to put them over the top, the one big hit they need, they could not find. And that was the story of tonight's game. Starting pitching really struggled. Phillies were all over Rich Hill, who could not get out of the second inning. But the Padres battled back. They would have the tying run at the plate in the seventh inning a couple of times. Did not find a way to score another run. They had the tying runs on in the eighth inning. For Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts, who at the time represented the go-ahead runs, they could not find a way to score them. And in the ninth inning, they walked two times to begin the inning, tying runs on base, and the next three batters can't find a way to come up with that one big hit. And all in all, in what has been a season where runners in scoring position has been a major, major story, It was a major story, again, late in this game. Padres went 4-for-15 with runners in scoring position. They left one on in the 7th inning, two on in the 8th inning, and two on in the ninth inning, all of that in a two-run game. So that was the story here tonight. Did the Padres show fight? Did they battle back after being down 8-1 early? Absolutely. But as has so often been the case, that one big hit eluded them here tonight and that really is the main takeaway from this 9-7 loss at the hands of the Philadelphia Phillies to open up this three-game series and on top of that for the eighth time this season the Padres have an opportunity to win a fourth consecutive game and do not do it their win streak ends at three and with where they are They have to be able to win more than three in a row, and it did not happen here today. Obviously, the pitching played a big part of that. Uh, The struggles of Rich Hill, Matt Waldron, did a pretty good job. We'll, We'll dive into what he did, but the offense, to their credit, they fought, they showed resiliency, they battled. But at the end, the final score, kind of indicative of what has been a story of this season, and that is that one big hit really eluding this ball club here in 2023. We'll come back with all the radio highlights. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Much, much more to get to as we wrap this one up. Again, the final score, Phillies 9, Padres 7. We have a lot of recapping to do. This was a pretty interesting game and a game where the Padres did battle back, but they could not find a way to win it. Postgame show continues when we return on the Padres radio network Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here tonight, Phillies 9 and the Padres 7 as the Phillies take the opener of this three-game series. Padres see their short three-game win streak come to an end, and the Padres will try to bounce back tomorrow in the middle game of this three-game set. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. lot to do on our post-game coverage. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin coming up here in just a matter of minutes. So stay tuned for that, and we'll recap today's game in its entirety in just a little bit. And in just a little bit, I mean in uh, about 20 seconds here or so. As the Padres again fall to 65-74, and Phillies improve to 76-61 and on the season. A lot to break down in this one. This was a bit of a wild game. Padres were down by a lot. They fought. They battled. Could they pull it off at the end? They could not. Let's tell you how it went down. Let's go through the
1: biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to F750s and motorhomes.
2: The early story was things not going very well for Rich Hill. The Phillies loaded the bases on two walks and a single in the bottom of the first inning. Alec Boehm then dug in.
4: Pitch from Hill, line to left field, down the line. Soto back, not going to get there. That is a fair ball in the corner. Bouncing back towards the infield. Schwarber and Turner have scored. Harper's on his way. A bases clearing double for Boehm. And with one out in the first inning, the Phillies have a 3-0 lead.
2: That's all that Hill allowed in the opening frame. In the bottom half, Taiwan Walker took the mound for Philly. He faced Fernando Tatis Jr. with one out and nobody on. Two
4: and two to Tatis. Walker, the big right-hander, deals. And Fernando hits it a mile to left field. Schwarber going to turn around and watch. This one going to go. Second deck to left for Tatis. 22nd of the year. his 70th
2: RBI. And the Padres right back on it. Three to one here in the first. Padres had some momentum heading into the second, trailing 3-1 to one after the Fernando home run, but that momentum was short-lived, and Mundo Sosa led off the second.
4: Here's the 1-2, and, and Sosa launches one to left field. Soto backing up to watch. He will have no play this one into the second deck. First home run of the day for the Phillies belongs to their number-nine hitter, and Mundo Sosa, they get that run right back, and it's 4-1 to one here in the second inning.
2: Phillies weren't done. Kyle Schwarber single, Trey Turner, was next.
4: 1-1 to Turner, hit high and deep down the left field line, and fair, a home run. Wow. Second balcony, Western medal, right down the line. A home run for Trey Turner, a 6-1 Philly lead, and for the first time in Philly's history, they have hit multiple home runs in seven consecutive games.
2: They set a franchise record for home runs in any month in August. We told you about the home runs in the month of September so far. And what do you know, through two innings, they already had two home runs in this game. Hill would face just two more batters before getting pulled. He got four outs, six earned runs, seven hits, two home runs given up, two walks, struck out three through just 47 pitches. Phillies then got more in the top of the third against Waldron. RBI triple for Christian Pache. RBI double for Edmundo Sosa. The Padres trailed 8-1, heading to the bottom half of the fourth inning. They made some noise, though. A couple of walks put runners on first and second base with two outs for Trent Grisham. We know it's at least four.
4: Grisham lines this one into right center field. That's a base hit, and that's going to get a run home. Bogart's rounding third. He'll score without a play. RBI single Trent Grisham, and now 8-2 in the fourth.
2: Ha-Sung Kim was next.
4: Runners lead at second and third. Here's the 2-2. That's lined up the middle into center field and a base hit. That will score. Grisham's on his way. The throw from Pache is cut. A two-run single, and now it's 8-4.
2: An 8-4 game, Padres scoring three in the fourth inning to chip away. Matt Waldron then returns to the mound in the top of the fifth inning. Kyle Schwarber led off. 2-1, one,
4: one, hammered down the right field line towards the pole. That is a fair ball deep into the lower level down the right field line. Kyle Schwarber with his 40th home run of the season, and the Phils add back on now 9-4.
2: Kyle Schwarber having another big-time power year. And Schwarber with that home run, number 40 on the season. He joined Ryan Howard, Chuck Klein, Mike Schmidt, and Jim Tomey as the only players in Phillies franchise history with consecutive 40 home run seasons. And we've got a while to go here, still in the month of September. So the Padres trailed 9-4, heading to the sixth inning. Hassam Kim got them a little bit closer against the Phillies bullpen. Miladi ready, here's the pitch, Kim reaches forward, grounds it up the middle, into center field, a base hit. Patton will come in to score. It's 9-5, and Kim does it again with two strikes. That's all the Padres would get in the sixth inning. Padres still trailed 9-5, heading to the bottom half of the seventh. Gregory Soto, who finished the sixth inning, went back to work out of the Phillies' pen. He issued a leadoff walk to Manny Machado. Xander Bogarts then doubled. Garrett Cooper hit a sack fly to score Machado from third base. That made it a 9-6 game. Gary Sanchez then dug in. 0-2 oh to Gary Sanchez. Here's the pitch, and a ground ball sharply. Fair down the third baseline. Bogarts
4: going to come in and score. Sanchez on his way to second base. Schwarber's throw is not in time. RBI double Gary Sanchez and a two-run
2: game here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Padres had the tying run at the plate after that, but Jeff Hoffman got the next two outs to end the inning. Luis Garcia pitched the scoreless top of the eighth inning. In the bottom half, Craig Kimbrell entered for Philly, a one-out walk to Fernando Tatis Jr., another to Juan Soto. They pulled off a double steal to get to second and third base. So the tying runs were in scoring position. Manny Machado stepped in. Craig Kimbrell struck him out for out number two. Xander Bogarts grounded out to end the inning. The Padres still trailed 9-7. to seven. After a scoreless top half of the ninth inning, we went bottom nine. Jose Alvarado, the left-hander, came on for Philly. The Padres were rallying again. Garrett Cooper walked. Gary Sanchez walked. Matthew Badden hit into a fielder's choice. That put runners on first and third with two men away. Trent Grisham was pinch hit for by Luis Campusano. Campusano struck out. The game was left up to Ha-Sung Kim with the tying runs on base and Kim representing the winning run. Anything in the gap could tie the game. Over the fence will win it. Three and two to Kim.
4: There goes Batten and the pitch swung on and missed strike three. Jose Alvarado strikes out Ha-Sung Kim. Had him out in front of that cutter. And the Padres leave 2-1 in the bottom of the ninth inning as the Phillies hold on for a wild 9-7 win here on Labor Day.
2: The Padres had Phillies relievers on the ropes in the seventh inning, and in the eighth inning, and in the ninth inning, all in situations where one big swing could maybe propel the Padres to their fourth consecutive win, but they could not find a way to get that one big hit late. And that was the final. Phillies nine, Padres seven. Rich Hill took the loss. He's now seven and fourteen. Taiwan Walker five innings, four runs given up. He picks up his fifteenth win of the season. The save goes to Jose Alvarado, his seventh of the year. The Padres were four for fifteen with runners in scoring position. They left twelve on base, and I think you could argue. Those numbers right there, the four for 15 and 12 left on base, especially in the final three innings, uh, really the story. And you could add the sixth inning onto that as well when the Padres had runners still on base and uh, Tatis and Soto coming up and Tatis and Soto. Uh, would uh, end up flying out to end that inning. With that said, Padres would get two in the seventh inning to make it a two-run game. But the point is the Padres had their shots against the Phillies' bullpen to get that one big hit to put them over the top and could not find a way to do it here today. Let's go downstairs here at Petco Park and hear some post-game reaction.
1: Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin, presented by Sinley Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sinley Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard, the Cook's Asian resource.
5: Bob, you guys are down 8-1 early. It's probably tough to imagine that it would come down to one swing late in the ball game. but we've talked about the fight in your team all season long. Well, I mean, especially today. You know, we're up against it early against a team that... You know, they score runs early, and they tend to score a lot, and they have recently, and to be able to come back, put ourselves in a situation like that, you know, a lot of fight, but at this point in time, there's really not any moral victories. At what point in this game did you feel like the momentum was starting to change and that you had a chance of getting back in the second? Yeah, once we scored, you know, we we scored in the seventh again. Felt like we were in a really good spot. Um, Unfortunately... You know, we get a double steal there. Ball hits the umpire, maybe not in the right spot to make that call, but you know, it, ball gets in the left field. It's a whole different, whole different deal there. Unfortunately, it didn't. But you know, we put ourselves in position where one swing of the bat, we can win that game. The Phillies early on, I mean, a great example of how they can do damage on mistakes yeah. in the zone, pretty much, and take take a game out of context. Yeah, context early. Yep, that's what happened. You know, Rich got some balls in the middle of the plate and. They've been hitting a lot of home runs lately, and you know some of the guys that, that hit them have been swinging the bat really well.
6: Did you think Toddy could have gone home and maybe won?
5: If, uh no, the ball—I mean, it hit and it was right there. I, I don't. I mean, if it had—oh, went him. all the way in the left field. Yeah, I think it potentially can score two. Yeah.
6: Is there a conversation to be had about Rich Hill's future and whether he continues to go?
5: Not after this, this game right now. You know we're a little short on starters too at this point in time. But you know Matt gave us four and two thirds, gave up a few runs himself, but you know kept us there to where we were scoring some runs, and we still felt like we were in a ball
0: game. I'm wondering if you feel at all like that eighth inning might be a little emblematic of kind of the season, given that that you had you did get the the kind of bounce go against you, but you still had the chance and kind of didn't come through in those spots.
5: Probably if you're if you're thinking about it, everybody else is thinking about it too. That you know, some breaks haven't gone our way. That would be one of them. Uh, you try to put that away and get past it, um, but probably crossed a few minds. For for all the times
0: that you have kind of put yourself in that spot where one big hit could kind of change these kinds of games, these kinds of really close games. Wh- what do you wrap your brain around, like why that just hasn't come for you guys at all? So,
5: well, we've been you know, we've been trying to figure that one out for a while now. I think you know when it's all said and done later, maybe. It, have a little bit more perspective on it, but we're still trying to to fight through and, and get past what has been, you know, a very difficult year, at times unlucky, but it'll, at times made our own luck as well.
6: Any thought to not sending Rich out for the second, or because you have so long to go, is there really not any thought there?
5: It was it would have been hard to cover the rest of that game. We were we had two righties that weren't gonna pitch today. So you have to look at covering the entire game. We have some lefties against the right handed hitting lineup. Trying to squeeze a little more. You guys have had ten hits or more in six of the last eight ball games, and twenty-four runs scored in the last four games. It feels like the offense is starting to yeah. turn around at this point. It is. You know, unfortunately, we have quite a few injuries now, so we're missing two of our best starters. You know, Corona was out, two of our best relievers, and Wilson and Suarez. I mean, it's it's not ideal right now, but um, the offense has picked up, and we feel good about you know any any inning we're in is a very unconventional but effective leadoff hitter.
4: What is it like preparing for him and kind of facing him at the top of the lineup?
5: Well, he draws a lot of walks and he hits a lot of homers. You know, coming into the game, I think he had 39 or 40 homers and like 90 hits or something like that. So he, and then over 100 walks, whatever it is. So, um, those are the kind of guys you want at the top of the order. You know, the average doesn't look great, but the OPS does. And, you know, he, you're always worried about you know, walking him because he walks a lot, and you throw it over the plate, and he's got a chance to hit a homer. So it is unorthodox, but probably in the right spot in the lineup.
2: 9-7 defeat for the Padres against the, Phil- uh, the Philadelphia Phillies in this series opener in downtown San Diego. Sam Levitt back with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. I, I want to touch on one thing that Bob Melvin got asked about there, and that was the eighth inning. And it's something I didn't mention in the recap because at the end of the day, and I was going to mention it later, but it's a good time to do it now that Bob Melvin was asked about it. Let, let's first get into what actually happened. The two walks in the eighth inning with Craig Kimbrell on the mound to Tatis and Soto. They're on first and second. They go for a double steal. It's successful. The throw from Rio Muto to third base gets by the third baseman Edmundo Sosa, and it actually... Hit third base umpire Brian Onora behind the bag. He, he, Onora was not very far behind the bag if you go back and watch the replay, but there's no doubt that it skipped up. And if he's not there and it doesn't hit Onora, it, the ball, I don't know how far down the left field line it goes, um, but it definitely goes a. a a little ways down there. In fact, to be honest with you, I haven't seen the replay of this. I'm looking at it right now because I want to make sure I describe this correctly. I saw it in real time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Onoro was right behind third base, so it hit him, and the ball literally deadened. It it stayed right by third base. If he's not there, it it probably goes down the left field line for sure. Fernando Tatis Jr. scores, and who knows how long it takes, uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber to get to the ball down the left field line. Maybe Juan Soto even scores from second base. You never know because it didn't work out that way. So, was that a bad break? Yeah, it was. Was it, yeah, a little emblematic of the unluckiness, quote-unquote, of this season? Yeah, absolutely. But, after that, Machado and Bogarts have the opportunity with the tying runs and scoring position into Thies and Soto to get those runs home. And Machado struck out, and Bogarts grounded out. So, while that was unlucky, the Padres had it set up for the guys that it is designed to be set up for, and they didn't find a way to get that big hit. So, uh, I I thought a a good question there, and it it was a little emblematic that a thinning between A, the quote-unquote unluckiness, if you want to call it that, and also The lack of finding that big hit, the issues with runners in scoring position, all these things that we've talked about now for nearly 140 games, it all kind of showed itself in that eighth inning. And then the Padres had two on to begin the ninth inning with nobody out and could not find a way to uh, collect that that big hit. I mean, in the eighth and ninth inning, the Padres had four walks. They didn't have one base hit. They could not find a way, literally, to get that one big hit, that one big swing that would – Change the course of this game, and the Phillies win it 9-7. to We'll come back with more, give out more of our daily awards. May uh, squeeze a phone call in or two if we have time. Out of town scoreboard, much more to do as the Phillies beat the Padres 9-7 in the opener of this three-game set. Post-game show continues when we return on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here tonight, Phillies 9 and the Padres 7. That elusive fourth consecutive win does not happen today for the San Diego Padres. It's uh, kind of uh, amazing. I mean, this is one of the numbers in a season full of numbers that you can add to the list of, of things that you may look back on and just say, wow, I, I can't believe it, number one, and it just doesn't make any sense. The Padres now have had eight opportunities this season where they could turn a three-game win streak into a four-game win streak. They are 0-8 in those games. Another one of those little statistics that is very, very hard to believe. Here in 2023, Padres fall 9-7 after trailing 8-1. They did battle. They did show fight, but the Padres could not find a way to climb all the way back. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. As we wrap this one up, we'll continue to break this one down. Each and every aspect of this game, we'll talk a little bit more about the pitching side of things and uh, the struggles of Rich Hill. It was not. Uh, it was not pretty for Rich Hill today, and the Phillies were were just all over him in the first inning, and then the second inning as well. They only recorded four outs in this game, gave up seven hits, two home runs, uh, six runs total. So, very tough for Rich Hill. Uh, you, look, you wondered with the way Hill pitches. Obviously, he's got to be so fine, and and he's been better, a little bit better uh, lately. The start in St. Louis, he he really was all right, aside from. Uh, one three-run home run given up, and you know has has you know had some some kind of all right outings, but this one here today really really tough. And uh, the Phillies, to their credit, they were ready from that opening frame, and they uh, were able to open up like we said an eight-one lead, and they hang on for a nine-seven win. Let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was able to come in
1: and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs & Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit sandiegofoodbank.org.
2: Our relief pitcher of the game will go with Tim Hill, and I'll tell you why. Hill, off the I-L, appearing in a game for the first time in more than a month after uh, being on the I.O. with a sprained left ring finger, and Hill did a nice job in this game. Scoreless the seventh inning. At the time, the Padres trailing by four runs. Gave him an opportunity to climb back a little bit closer, and they did in that bottom half of the seventh inning. So for that reason, Hill, scoreless inning, did walk a batter. That was it, 14 pitches. Pretty nice inning for Tim Hill. He'll be our relief pitcher of the game here today. Nice job by Tim coming off the IEL, his first appearance in more than a month. We'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. Again, full out-of-town scoreboard coming your way. If you want to get a phone call in, you can. Phone number is always 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. If you want to get involved on social media, you can do that as well. Tweet at me at uh, SammyLev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Instagram DMs open as well. Sammy Lev there too, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Hit me up on Twitter. Instagram DM me, may just uh, address your tweet or your DM live here on the air. Final score, Phillies 9, Padres 7. Back after this on the post-game show here on the Padres Radio Network. Our post game show continues here on the Padres radio network. Final score, Phillies nine, Padres seven, as the Padres have their mini three game win streak snapped. And the Phillies improved to 76 and 61. Padres dropped to 65 and 74. And uh, no doubt these are the kinds of games, even though the Padres trailed 8-1, they had opportunities in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings to Find that one big hit to put them over the top in this game and climb all the way back, and they could not find a way uh, to uh, get that elusive hit. Sam Levitt with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building here at Petco Park as we wrap this one up on the Padres Radio Network. Let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was dealing
1: today? Let's find out who's today's. Ace pitcher of the game, brought to you by the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg, all your grilling and barbecue needs are inside the Grilling Store
2: at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. Today's Ace pitcher of the game. You may disagree with me, but I'm gonna go this way today, and I'm giving it to Matt Waldron, and I'll explain why. The line for Waldron: four and two-thirds innings. Of relief, three earned runs, eight hits, one walk, struck out three. I understand, and 88 pitches as well. I understand that does not scream East pitcher of the game. But all things considered, the fact that he ate up almost five innings of relief for a second consecutive outing, and the fact that he did keep the Padres as they chipped away in striking range. He gave up two more runs in the third to make it 8-1. to one. He gave up the home run to Schwarber in the fifth inning. At that point, it was a 9-4 game. But what I'm saying is, is he didn't allow this game to go totally off the rails and totally out of control. He did not allow the Phillies to, to blow it wide open, especially after the Padres found a way to you know get it to, to 8-4 then it was 9-4 but Waldron ends up pitching the rest of the fifth inning scoreless got out of a jam in the sixth inning to keep it a, a 9-4 game at that point and he gave the Padres a chance so for that reason he's my ace pitcher of the game today against this really good powerful lineup that has come in so red hot so again you disagree with me oh well but to me Matt Waldron did a pretty good job in this game, four and two thirds innings, three runs given up, you know, again, if, if, if he would have made the start here today, and let's say he gets five innings and he gives a three runs, you probably would have said against this offense, I'll take it, right? So I think about it from that perspective and keep in mind the last time out Thursday against the Giants, he relieved Pedro Avila. He went five innings, one run, given up 76 pitches. He threw 88 pitches in relief in this game. So Again, I think of the grand picture of this game, like if the Padres would have come all the way back, I do think we would point to Waldron and say, you know what? He wasn't perfect, but he kept him close enough and didn't allow the game to spiral out of control. So for that reason, I'm giving it to Matt Waldron. And look, I think, I, uh, excuse me, I think it's going to be interesting. You know what? I'm going to give myself a second here. Let's pause for station ID on the Padres radio network. KWFNF and KWFFH One San Diego.
1: Sorry. This is
6: Joe Musgrove. You're listening to Padres baseball on the Padres Radio Network.
2: Always live on the Free Odyssey app. Sam Levitt with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. Sorry about that, everybody. I needed a little sip of water there. It happens. It's a long year. A lot of talking. A lot of a solo pregame and postgame shows. Right. um <clears throat> So excuse me on that. But uh where were we? We were talking about Matt Waldron. Oh. What I was going to say about Matt Waldron, in addition, is, look, I I do think it'll be interesting. Um, You know, Bob Melvin didn't want to say much about it after the game, and obviously the Padres have a lot of injuries right now in the rotation between what's going on with Darvish and Musgrove. But I I do wonder if Rich Hill's going to get another start. I mean, this one did not go very well today. And for the most part, it, it has not gone very well for Rich in a uh, Padre uniform and look uh, it doesn't take anything away from his career and this longevity and all of it and I've enjoyed talking to him we had a great pregame interview before today's game if you heard it but right now he's got a 10-7-1 ERA in six games with the Padres 19 innings and a third he's given up 23 runs in those 19 innings and there's been a lot of home runs uh, involved in that too so I mean, today the Phillies were all over him from from the very start, um, and then in, in the second inning as well. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but look, I, I, you know, I don't think it's crazy if Matt Waldron gets maybe an opportunity to to start a few games here down the stretch. I mean. He, He's been perfect, but he's been pretty solid at times. He's kept you in ball games, and much like we talk about with Pedro Avila, who will start tomorrow for the Padres against this very good Phillies lineup, maybe you argue that Matt Waldron uh, should be given that opportunity as well to to kind of see what he got a little bit, right? And he's a little bit funky with the knuckleball and and all the different things he can do. I, I you know, I'm, again, maybe maybe not, but it's a thought, and uh, so we'll see. Uh, what happens uh, with Matt Waldron but again I I just you know I I thought he actually did play a a pretty important role in this game and keeping the Padres around and by the way the home run for Kyle Schwarber and while we have a moment let's just dive into the home run stuff for the uh, for the Phillies rather the home run by Schwarber was his 40th of the season Schwarber uh, hit 46 last season I want to double check that I thought I saw yeah 46 last season so with the home run today Kyle Schwarber joined a, a pretty select group of Phillies that have hit consecutive seasons of 40 or more home runs the only other guys that have done it Ryan Howard did it every season from 06 to 09 Chuck Klein did it in 1929 and 1930 if you remember that mike schmidt did it in 1979 and 1980 jim tomey did it in 03 and 04 and now kyle schwarber in 22 and 23 those are the only players in philly's franchise history with consecutive 40 home run seasons uh, schwarber's not uh, i guess your prototypical lead off man but has the ability to draw walks get on base hit home runs and that's what he did today he Walked twice Uh, excuse me, walked three times and and hit a home run. So he did his job at the top of the order. The Phillies, after hitting 59 home runs in August, that was a franchise record for any month. Now through four games of September, they've hit 10. So it's a a good team. It's a star-studded lineup, and they, they hit them out, and they did it again here today. They had three of them. And uh, setting the tone early, getting out to that 8-1 lead. Let's tell you about our player of the game.
1: Which player had the biggest impact in today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit ValleyViewCasino.com today.
2: Our player of the game here tonight on the Padres Radio Network. Um it's uh it's a tough one uh here tonight. I, I look I would love to go with a Padre for this. I, I don't know that I can based on the way the game played out. I, I think I gotta go with somebody from the Phillies offense. So I'm looking at it here. I mean Bryson had four hits. He didn't drive in a run though. Alec Boehm had the big three run double Really set the tone in this game. Got the Phillies offense going. He would have three more hits, or excuse me, two more hits in this game, three total. So, you know what? We'll give it to Bohm. That three-run double was very important. I mean, really set the tone early for what would be a big lead and a big offensive first few innings for the Phillies. So, we'll give it to Bohm, our player of the game here tonight. All right, we'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. When we return, we'll take a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Labor Day. Also here are play of the game and continue to wrap this one up get you ready for the middle game of this three game series tomorrow if you want to squeeze a phone call in you can 833-288-0973 the phone number 833 the number to call i do want to uh, give a shout out to David Daniel and Brenda, listening on the radio from Oceanside right now, uh, David saying was really hoping for that fourth win in a row. Maybe next time, David. I hope there is a next time. They got to win three in a row again first, and uh, they'll be at the game tomorrow. So, David, thanks for listening and uh, appreciate you uh, chiming in via social media. Final score again: Phillies nine, Padres seven. Back after this on the Padres radio network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here tonight, Phillies 9 and the Padres 7. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. As we wrap this one up on this Labor Day, we'll get to some of your phone calls here coming up. 833-288-0973. Again, 833-288-0973. The phone number to call if you want to get involved. You've got a couple minutes here to get your phone calls in before we get through some... A Phillies team that we told you in the pregame came in averaging more than seven runs per game since mid-August. And uh, all the home runs in August, 59, a franchise record for any month And they've now hit 10 home runs in their first four games of September, including today. Well, the offense was as advertised, especially in the first three innings, as the Phillies opened up an 8-1 lead after three. Three in the first inning, three in the second, and two more in the third. And while the Padres would battle back, they'd make it a two-run game at 9-7. They'd have all kinds of opportunities in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning to really get all the way back into it, tie it, take a lead even. Could not find a way to do it. And the Phillies win it 9-7. to Let's take a quick look at the Out of Town scoreboard. Let's go around
1: Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the Out of Town scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958.
2: We have one game going on right now. Orioles lead the Angels three to two in Anaheim in the sixth inning. Everything else is wrapped up today. Royals beat the White Sox twelve to one in Kansas City. Edward Olivares, former Padres minor leaguer, had two home runs in that game for Kansas City. Cubs beat the Giants five nothing in Chicago. A big day on the mound for Justin Steele, who lowered his ERA to two five five. He struck out twelve in that win for the Cubs. And he went eight scoreless innings. Justin Steele did in that game. So he was terrific in a 5-0 Cubs win. Astros beat the Rangers 13-6 in Arlington. Jose Altuve and Mauricio Dubon went back-to-back twice in that game. They hit back-to-back home runs on two separate occasions in that win. A big win over the Texas Rangers. They did it in the sixth inning. And they did it in the ninth inning. As well, how about that? Nice win for the Astros. Blue Jays beat the A's in ten in Oakland, six to five. Red Sox beat the Rays seven to three in Tampa Bay. Masataka Yoshida a home run in that one for the Red Sox. Diamondbacks beat the Rockies four to two in Arizona. Merrill Kelly had twelve strikeouts in his win for the Diamondbacks on the mound. Reds beat the Mariners 6-3 in Cincinnati. Spencer Steer, a three-run home run in that game for Cincy. Twins beat the Guardians 20-6 in Cleveland. Pirates, by the way, 20 runs on 20 hits in that game. Another grand slam in that game, by the way, for Royce Lewis, his third in the last eight games. That's, that's wild. Three grand slams in eight games for Royce Lewis of the Minnesota Twins. Pirates beat the Brewers 4-2 in Pittsburgh. And uh, that was it. Look at the full out-of-town scoreboard here today on the Padres Radio Network. All right, let's uh, get to some of your phone calls here, 833 The phone number, as always, if you want to get involved. Let's go to Gonzo calling in from Ocean Beach. Hi, Gonzo. You're on the Padres post game show with Sam Levitt. What's up?
6: Sammy, my boy, I really thought we almost had four right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: I mean, uh, I feel like they're a good team. Mm-hmm. we we came in close but uh what do we do now uh we have a mm-hmm. lot of injuries going on are we uh looking to restack are we looking to uh, just keep maintaining are we still trying to find a four-game win streak what's the next thing on our agenda what's the most important
2: yeah well look gonzo and, and thank you for the phone call as always i mean look the task in front of them is is very very difficult it is. I mean, they've got all these teams between them, and and where they need to go as far as a postseason spot. They'll end tonight, nine games below 500 here on September fourth. It's the fourth of the fifth, fourth. Um, look, you keep trying to win games. You treat. You keep trying to to to. You know, Bob Melvin is is really preached lately. They're focusing on winning that night's game. Um. That's what you try to do. I, I don't think you, you can take it any step further than that. I mean, it's a very tall order ahead of them. I mean, quite frankly, they they, they can't afford to lose very many games, period, the rest of the way. That's the kind of run they would need to go on. I mean, the, you know, we can talk about what other teams do and all of it, but the Padres, I mean, they would have to get scorching hot. And unfortunately, Gonzo, they have just not shown the ability to do that this year. And... While the fight was great tonight, the resiliency was great to see. Like Bob Melvin said in the post-game press conference, there are no moral victories this time of year, and especially with the season the Padres have experienced. I mean, again, this is one of these numbers and trends that is just so hard to believe. I mean, the Padres, again, haven't had a four-game win streak this year, which on its own is, is crazy, right? But now they've had eight opportunities where they've won three in a row and they have lost the fourth game of that span after winning three in a row eight times. So they've had an opportunity to have a four-game win streak eight separate times this season, and the Padres are 0-8 in those games. Another one of those numbers that is just so hard to believe. But, Gonzo, look, for the rest of this year, you know, yeah, I, I suppose it's a keep trying to get scorching hot until there's you know there's an elimination marker next to your name in the standings I, I don't know what else you do if you're these players other than that it's very tall order i think we all understand that i think we all know the the likelihood of it but you know like i've said i mean try to enjoy the next couple of games here at petco park try to enjoy uh the upcoming home stand after that that'll wrap up the regular season and uh you know we'll see but, look, it, it, there's no way around it. I mean, this is not the spot you thought they'd be in, not even close. I mean, if somebody would have told you they would be 500 in early September back in spring training, you would have looked like looked at me like I'm crazy, right, if I would have told you that. And they are nine games below here on September 4th. So, um, yeah, Gonzo, I don't, I don't have a great answer for you. I really don't. I, I, I think uh, – you know, I, I, I guess I hope these guys keep fighting the way they did here tonight throughout the rest of the year until they are eliminated. You know, I, I, again, what we saw tonight was really good what they did offensively and, and the fight. But again, that, you know, they they have to get those big hits when they need them late in games. And that has been an issue all year long, but, uh, Gonza, you keep pushing until the year's over. That would uh, be my hope for this team. And, Uh, I'm sure for Bob Melvin and and everybody down in that clubhouse, I'm I'm sure that, you know, that that's the hope as well. You keep pushing until it's, uh, you know, time to pack it up for the season. And that is not here yet, but uh, certainly they're not in a very good position right now. Let's go to Lee calling in. Hi, Lee.
6: Hey, what's up, man? This Padres team has just devastated me all year. And, this was a like, ultimate uh, – I don't know how to say it, man. These guys, uh, we have the – they couldn't come back. I mean, we're playing against, against a good team that always devastates us
2: mm-hmm. in the
6: playoffs, and they couldn't come back, and, and – it's all about the batting,
2: yeah. And I mean, we Yelly, need we, to. Yeah, Yelly. Look, I, I think I, I get, I get what you're saying, and and thank you for the phone call. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Um. I mean, look, I I feel your frustration, Lee, and I know you've called before, and and I I always feel your frustration, and I get it. It it is frustrating, Um, and especially the way they lost a game like this. It's very emblematic of of the way a lot of these games have gone. I mean, they've had so many spots where it feels like the right guys are up at the right moment, and it just has not happened. And, again, there was a great opportunity in the eighth inning with Machado, with Bogarts due up the tying runs in scoring position were a base hit, a single. Ties the game. Couldn't find a way to do it. Two on in the ninth inning, nobody out. Couldn't find a way to get that one big hit. The seventh inning after they made it a two run game. Couldn't find a way with two outs to play with to get that one big hit. And I understand that's that's extremely frustrating. Um, it feels while they're sitting at nine games below five hundred, it feels if if there are just been some some moments where that hit had come man what a what a different season that this could be right now it does feel that way but unfortunately uh wasn't uh, in the cards here tonight as far as a fourth straight win we're gonna go pretty quickly here let's go to uh mike calling in for mission valley hi mike
3: hey you're putting a pretty good spin on it you're pretty positive you know a lot of us have already jumped ship not because we're not faithful but we just see this just nothing uh i'll be honest today i mean excuse me yesterday i was looking at who's pitching for today and I says, you've got to be kidding. We're in a playoff mode. We've got to move completely towards a streak of some kind to continue to keep – and I look and I see Rich Hill. I'm like, it doesn't matter if you have to start with a reliever. What kind of insanity – and I don't know who's making the lineup, but it's this whole year of a train wreck. It's just a continual – putting the players not necessarily in a good position to win. But the whole season at the end of it, like I've already looked at trades at the end of 2024, my friend – and I've already got this whole lineup jumbled. I mean, I've got two of the big four bats gone because we need, we need manufactured runs to generate. Cause you mentioned something just a minute ago about RSIP. I mean, RS, mm-hmm. I, RS, you know, about runners in scoring yeah. position and the O for this and O for four in a row and extra innings O for 12. It's just, I'm telling you, my friend, they don't have somebody, whatever's going on in the dugout, maybe not the complete chemistry problem, but, I'm trying to make the solutions, and you got to shake this lineup up. you you got to do some trades, and you got to flip this thing at the end of the year. It's not just the management making goofs. Rich Hill had no business tonight, period. That's my point. They didn't put yeah. them in a good position to win.
2: Yeah, Mike, appreciate the phone call. Look, Rich Hill really struggled in this game, and it hasn't gone great, and there's no way around it. The Phillies were all over him here tonight, and it put this team in a, in a bad spot where they had to battle back, uh, you know, the way they did, but, you know, it, it requires – you know, requires a lot. And they didn't, they didn't, you know, you talked about runners in scoring position. They did not deliver in those scenarios enough for, for 15, 12 left on base to mount that kind of comeback. And look, I, I, you know, I've talked a lot about the missed opportunities late, but yeah, certainly, um, you know, the struggles for Rich Hill today and the way the Phillies hit him, that was a big, 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 big part of this too, for sure. All right, like I said, we're going to go quickly here. Let's go to uh, uh, Dustin calling in from San Diego. Hi, Dustin. Hey, man, how you doing? I think you guys are on it. Here's the deal.
7: Like, yeah, they've not been clutch all year long, but like the last, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. So they can't go, they're in the playoffs right now and they can't be starting a guy like Rich Hill and first inning, boom, pull him right away. And then you're rolling in with, you know, Matt Waldron, whatever. I get it. But, Maybe it's about bringing a guy like Jay Groom. I know he's done poorly in Triple A, but this is playoffs, and the uh, Preller like has really got to fall on this one because they've got the team to do it, and he just has not been able to like have the depth of the the lineup and the depth of the pitching and the depth of the bullpen, and I mean the pitching has not been the problem. You know they've been yeah. good. Rich Hill's Rich Hill is a problem, and they need to move off that real quick because they've got a certain amount of games, and if they could have won this game, it puts them, like, right in the mix. Like, they they could get hot and be good. The offense did their thing tonight. They're ready to go. They've been kind of hitting. They've been hitting the cylinders, and they're doing it. But the, uh, they can't have a bad starting pitching like where they're down early, like in the first three innings, like eight right. runs. They they can't overcome that.
2: Yeah, and, and appreciate the phone call. Thanks. Uh, look, it put him in a really tough spot tonight. It did. It did. Uh, the, the Rich Hill performance put him in a really tough spot. And look, to your point about the starting pitching, it, um, you know, look the the starting pitching's been wonderful. It's one of those things we're going to look back on at the end of the season, and and it's going to make you really scratch your head because it's been so good. Obviously, tonight was not a case of that, but um, you know, the offense, yeah, they look they deserve credit for what they did here tonight. But again, I mean, a game like this, you, you just have to find ways late. They could not do it, but you know, yeah, certainly the the Rich Hill part of it tonight, it uh, it really put him in a, a very very tough spot. And uh, look, Bob Melvin. Uh, He was asked post-game, if you missed it, we'll have it up on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast. He was asked post-game about not even sending Rich Hill out for the second inning, you know, if he considered that, essentially. And uh, Bob said, look, they had a lot of this game to cover. And I understand that thinking, but, you know, look... (laughs) Hill went back out, and it was not any better. So, um, you know, Waldron did a, a pretty nice job after that. But look, I'm I'm interested to see what happens moving forward with Hill. You mentioned the name Jake Groom. I don't know if at this point that's an option. He hasn't had a very good season down at Triple A. Um, like I said, could you see somebody like a Waldron get an opportunity to start? Maybe I, I don't I don't know. It, it could also depend on if you know if if they're kind of out of it here in the final. You know, By the next time he's scheduled to start, you might feel more at, more concretely out of it than you do now. Look, certainly the Rich Hill uh, part of the game here tonight did not put this team in, a, in a, a really good spot to win. All right, quickly get your point in here because we, we uh, want to wrap up. Let's uh, go to Mike calling in. Hi, Mike. Hey, Sammy. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, yeah.
6: I think it would have been helpful if uh, upper management would have done like Brian Cashman a few weeks ago. I'm sitting here watching ESPN and said, hey, this is a disaster. And we got to look at ourselves in the mirror. Because I've been watching this team since I was a kid and obviously this year, like all the fans, and I think all the fans have seen it. There's a missing heart or something that this team, something happened. But I think Manny Machado needs to step up and be the leader and get the clutch hits like he has been and he's capable of, but um, hey, hey
2: Mike hey Mike, when you talk about uh, yeah. Brian Cashman, are you referring to like the calling up of Dominguez is that what you're referring to?
6: I'm just referring to the fact that that the Yankees thought they they're one of the top three like the Padres that spent a lot of money and they're not getting anything out of it just like the Padres and the top guy, Brian Cashman, where the buck stops with the general manager he came on ESPN or local Yankee station and called it like he saw it said it was a disaster and i think yeah you give the fans a reality check and the reality well, is is we don't have the horses to make this happen although i'm still yeah. a fan I, i've watched the game today and i just see what i see so
3: that's all yeah, i got
2: my, yeah mike thank you for the phone call i, I mean look I, you know if, if somebody comes out and says something if aj preller you know comes out and and at this point i mean look does that actually do anything i don't know look uh i thought you honestly i thought you were referring to them calling up jason dominguez i thought you were going to say they should have called up jackson merrill something like that which you know i i guess you could argue um you know look words are just words and we've heard a lot of words this year we've heard it from guys in the clubhouse we've heard it from bob melvin we've look we've heard words all year it's about playing better which they've not been able to do and not been able to do the things you thought they uh they would be able to do and look you know uh Um, You know, I'm sure at the end of this season, I'm sure there will be, you know, somebody from the upper management part of this organization saying something. I'd be pretty surprised. You know, typically there's a a postgame press conference formally um, that includes AJ. So, look, I'm sure things are going to be addressed at the end of the year. I'd be surprised if they're not. But to be honest with you, Mike, you know words are words, and we've heard a lot of words this year. And I'm I'm not saying that in like you know in like any kind of uh, you know negative way. Like it it's true. I mean, we've heard a lot of words. There just, there just hasn't been the the level of play to to turn this thing around. And at the end of the day, it's about how you play. It's not about what you say. So I, look, I, I'm I I really am not you know really bent out of shape for you know if if. Guys or, or people at the upper levels don't talk. I mean, you know, and there has been some of that. I mean, Ben and Woods had an interview with AJ, you know, and that was a while ago at this point. And, and there had, you know, they, they have talked, um, but I don't, I don't know that talking does a whole lot. All right, let's quickly wrap up here with uh, Lorenzo calling in from Imperial Beach. Hi, Lorenzo.
6: Hey, hello. It's um, a couple things. One, last night when I saw the lineup and I saw Hill pitching, it sort of troubled me. That was the one. And, Two, um, I just think we need to keep this team together, make a couple little changes, and just and just uh, change the hitting philosophy a little bit. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and then the last one is is uh, you know let these since these guys played together and they know how to lose together, maybe that might just spark something. Just like it did in the old days with the Reds and the Dodgers, they had to go through their uh, ups and downs as well. That's it for me.
2: All right, Lorenzo, thank you for the phone call. Look, you know, we had the caller a couple of calls ago talk about, you know, he's got trades to send two of the big four out. Look, I think realistically, um, you know, uh, I mean, never say never, but look, I think realistically, there's a, there's a, it's probably going to be a very similar core of players next year. I mean, when you talk about Fernando and Manny and Bogarts, I mean, look, uh, the Soto part of part of it obviously is a little bit different in the sense of he's not signed here long term. He has one year left on the deal. Um, I personally, in a contract year for Juan Soto, whether you knew whether you knew or not, whether you could keep him here, I'd be pretty interested when you have World Series aspirations to have that guy. In your lineup, I'm in the camp right now. I I would like to see him here in 2024, and I think that's why you traded for him. You traded for him so you would have multiple chances at a run. This year has not worked out the way you thought at all. We all all understand that. Um, Look, I think in all likelihood you're going to have the same core here next year. Now, will the whole team be the same? No. I mean, they've got a lot of guys that might be out of here, whether it's, you know, Blake Snell via free agency, Josh Hader via free agency, um, you know, guys like Lugo and Waka with the various contracts and the options and all of it. I mean, you know, there, there are going to be a lot of different pieces in all likelihood to this team. And, um, but I do think the, the, the core, I mean, the core is going to be the same, pretty much the same, you know, without something crazy happening. So, um, you know, look, whether it's constructing a roster that, is better formed to make sure you don't have what happened this year happen next year. Um, or it's just figuring out how to put this thing together day to day and get better results. Um, look, I talked to a couple of guys about it at this point, And there's been kind of a, you know, uh, an emphasis on, hey, you know, we've got to look in the mirror, you know, at the end of this season and figure out what happened here. And um, I don't have the answers to that. You know, and it seems like this team has been searching for answers a lot this season. But the only thing we know is the record. And, um, look, I I totally get it. We had the caller a couple of calls ago. We have one guy saying, hey, just run it back with these guys. Look, I I don't think, you know, I don't think there's any crazy idea right now because of what's transpired here. But I do think in reality, you're going to have a very, very, very similar core in in big-time players here. So they've got to figure it out, you know, of of how you prevent something like this happening again next season and even close to it again. You know, if I would have told you they were 500 early September in spring training, you would have said you're nuts, you know, and meanwhile, it's, it's nine games below. So, um, you know, I wish I had better answers here in early September, but uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about it and discuss and, and see also what happens with this group and, Uh, What happens moving forward? But obviously, you know, this game here tonight, just to put a bow on it, very, very similar to what we've seen, unfortunately. The fight was great. The resiliency was great. But when all was said and done, the big hit, the big moment, the big swing was elusive. And that has been a major storyline of this season all year long. Let's hear our play of the game.
1: What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the Play of the Game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, heating and air, flood and restoration. Because we know how.
4: 0-2 to Gary Sanchez. Here's the pitch, and a ground ball sharply. Fair down the third baseline. Bogart's going to come in and score. Sanchez on his way to second base. Schwarber's throw is not in time. RBI double Gary Sanchez. And a two-run game here in the bottom of the seventh inning.
2: Gary Sanchez, the two-run double. That'll be our play of the game tonight. Got the Padres within two. Set them up nicely with the tying runs at the plate. And Matt Badden and Trent Grisham, they couldn't find a way to get on base. Went down after that. And then uh, we've talked about it at length now. What happened in the eighth inning? Having Tatis on third, Soto on second. Machado and Bogarts do up. And Machado and Bogarts... Could not find a way to drive in those runs. Ninth inning, two on, nobody out. Padres couldn't find a way to score a run down by two, and the Phillies win it 9-7. to seven. So we've talked a lot about it. feel like we're going in a circle at this point, uh, talking about what happened in the late innings and uh, Rich Hill struggles in the Phillies' offense and all of it. But Gary Sanchez, good moment for him. RBI double did make it a two-run game and did set up this team nicely in the final three innings to come all the way back. They couldn't do it here tonight. Taking a look at tomorrow, right-hander Michael Waka on the Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Tomorrow. You know, I, before I go, little funny story for you. Late last night, it's like midnight, and I'm doing some prep work for the pregame show today. And I knew it was Rich Hill pitching today, I, I knew it. Okay, I had interviewed Rich the day before. I fully knew. I, in fact, I wrote it at the very top of my page where I write some notes for the intro of the broadcast. But for whatever reason, I, uh, I, I I'm a, when I was getting ready for our, our pitching preview, I did a whole thing on Avila. I wrote all this stuff about Avila. And then about it at, at 1 p.m. today, I'm driving to the ballpark, and I was like, wait, I... It's not ovulate today. It's Hill. So now I've got to do Hill when I get to the ballpark. I've got to write all those notes. So I've had the starting pitchers messed up in my head, uh, for the last 24 hours. Tomorrow's 640 pregame coverage begins at 540 here from Petco Park. Certainly hope you can join us then. Taking a look at the final totals in the series opener against Philadelphia. For the Phillies, nine runs, 16 hits, one error. They left on 12. For the Padres, seven runs, 10 hits, no errors. They left on 12 as well. Winning pitcher Taiwan Walker, who improves to 15-5. and five. Losing pitcher Tim Hill, who drops to, or no, sorry, Rich Hill. Not Tim. Tim did pitch in this game, though. But Rich Hill, who drops to 7-14. and 14. Time of game. Excuse me. Save goes to Jose Alvarado, his seventh of the season. Now the time of game. A long one here today. Three hours, 31 minutes. And the crowd at Petco Park, 39,719 on this Labor Day. For our great studio coordinator, Maddie Rhodes... I'm Sam Levitt reminding you to tune in to the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast if you missed any of our postgame coverage available on the Odyssey app or anywhere you find your podcasts. Final score here tonight, the Philadelphia Phillies 9 and the San Diego Padres 7. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Padres Radio Network.